0: Say my flag is racist. Well, pardon me, that's my state. It ain't about the races. Well, I'll call your shit if I see fit, and I don't care if. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Ventures of Flash. This is episode number 51 tonight. We're going to talk about that. Cancel culture. Yep, you know that stuff that's been going on where cartoons have been getting taken down. Books has been getting knocked off. You know, uh, that agenda that if you don't agree with, the woke mob pulls you down and tries to cancel you out. We're gonna talk about that some tonight. Uh, we got some clips from some folks talking about it. Uh, we're gonna talk about it ourselves. We're gonna give our viewpoint on that, and uh, we're gonna keep this show entertaining tonight and uh, controversial, just like always, uh, because that's what everybody asks for. And uh, we're gonna keep on rolling on, just like that. Uh, you guys, grab that favorite beverage tonight. And uh, we're gonna come on with a clip now, and uh, after this clip, we're gonna come back on and uh, we're gonna talk about it. Hope everybody's enjoying their their spring that's coming up. Uh, hope everybody's been safe, and uh, I hope everybody uh, is uh, enjoying the weather. And I especially like when everybody enjoys my podcast. And you know, we've been off for a couple of weeks. So we're back on now, and. Uh, We're going to talk about why we've been off for a couple weeks, and uh, we're going to talk about that cancel culture that's been trying to cancel old Flash out. We're going to come back on in a little while, and we're going to talk about that. Everyone get ready. Here it comes, right at you.
1: And now let's talk about the U.S. southern border. And let's start with this picture right here.
2: This picture, which what is meant by words and phrases, so I think it's appropriate for us to sort of figure out what that phrase cancel culture means. Is it new or is it something that's been around for a long time and we just renamed it? Who gets to decide who or what is canceled? It was the summer before I started the ninth grade when the movie Grease came out. You may remember that movie, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. So my mom decided she would take my three sisters and me to see the movie. And we made it about 30 minutes into the movie when my mom leaned over and said, we're leaving. Get your sisters. We're leaving. Leaving? You've got to be kidding me. Olivia Noon-John hasn't even put on her black leather outfit yet. You cannot be serious. But my mom was serious. She was very serious. My entire school was in that movie theater that day. It was so embarrassing. I'm barely able to talk about it today. My mom grabbing her four children and walking up. My mom canceled the rest of that movie for me. And she was not the only parent I had who engaged in cultural cancellation. My three sisters and I could not watch Happy Days. We could not watch Gilligan's Island or Sesame Street. So you can forget about Dallas or Dynasty or Flamingo Road Was that the cancel culture or was that my parents deciding they wanted to control what their children were exposed to? And once I got married, I actually came to long for my parents' rules on TV. They were nothing compared to my wife's rules. She could hear a bad word through three walls and a mute button. I had to check into a hotel to watch True Detective. And Game of Thrones, she still doesn't know I watched that. Well, I guess now she does. Is that the cancel culture? I think it's a lady wanting to fill her mind and spirit with good things, with positive things. If you don't like something on TV or in entertainment, you have the right not to watch it. The question is, do you have the right to make sure no one else can watch it either, or hear it, or see it, or read it? I think what frustrates many of us is the inconsistency with these new societal rules. A professional golfer loses a sponsorship for a word he uttered to himself. But if you flip the station to another show or another movie, you will hear people mock religion. You will hear God's name taken in vain. You will hear words that would get your tongue cut out in my mother's house. And there's no consequence. You take Jesus's name in vain and nothing happens. You utter another word and you lose your job. I think what people want is some sense of fairness and consistency. You know, the First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law, abridging the freedom of speech. That relates to Congress, to government. It does not relate to how we interact with each other. We can set those rules too, but they must be fair and they must be evenly applied. Freedom is hard sometimes. Your freedoms may offend me and vice versa. Freedom works best, I think, When it is tempered with grace, with understanding people make mistakes, with applying the same rules to your own words that you apply to other people's words, our framers protected certain freedoms for us, but they were also very concerned with the right of those in the minority. They were concerned that the majority would silence or cancel, if you will, the minority. Freedom, grace, education, understanding, I think we could all benefit from the proper balance of those ideals. How we treat the minority matters because they may not be in the minority forever. Most of all, I hope we can apply the same standard of fairness to others that we want applied to us. Joining me now, former Congresswoman from the great state of Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard. Hey Tulsi, how are you?
3: Aloha my friend, it's good to talk to you as always.
2: Likewise. All right. I used to turn to you when we were serving together for guidance. Tell me what the cancel culture is and why we should be concerned with it.
3: Well, you, you rightly started this conversation talking about about freedom. When you look at the foundation of our democracy, it is based on this ideal, this principle of freedom: freedom of speech, freedom. For, for every single one of us to be able to share our ideas and debate them, to argue them, to agree or to disagree, uh, to, to pick and choose in this marketplace of ideas those that we deem to be right or wrong, to be superior or inferior, and, and even for those ideas that may be misleading or dangerous, that in this free marketplace, we have the right to then defeat those ideas with with superior ones. And others have have the freedom to choose, choose what they want to believe or not to believe or what they want to adhere to. So when you look at this question, what is cancel culture? Cancel culture is the opposite of this. It is exactly the opposite of this foundational principle of our democracy. It means that in a cancel culture, you have some people uh, who believe that they are special, that they are superior, that they have the power Uh, to be able to shut down those who have ideas and views that are different, who who may follow a path that they deem to be the wrong path, and will therefore say, nope, we're going to place obstacles in front of you, we're going to silence certain voices, uh, so that only those who agree with us in the path that we deem to be right is the one that is before you to choose. And and the issue with this, there's a few issues, but the, the main issue with this is when you look at our rights and freedoms, and and our ability to to debate them and respectfully come out the other end agreeing or disagreeing, as you and I have over the years, it's based on the fact that we are all children of God. And recognizing that, we then treat each other with respect and respect this freedom that we have. So let's look down the path and say, okay, well, where does this cancel culture lead us? You see the final expression of cancel culture in Islamist terrorist groups like uh, ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Who 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 uh, basically go and behead those who are in they deem to be infidels or or heretics in order to silence them in order to protect others from being misled by by those heretical ideas in, in the eyes of an ISIS or, or uh, Al Qaeda and so when we look at cancel culture here at home uh, we see those efforts to cancel or silence those that um, they don't want the people to hear from, those who may offer a different idea than uh, the one that those in power want people uh, to see or to hear or to be exposed to. And, And so this is, when we look at the foundations of our democracy, this is the danger of where this path leads us unless we as individuals stand up Against it, And, and that's, the, la- that's the, the final point I want to make on this is what can we do, because I get asked this a lot, what can we do to stand up against this cancel culture, this fear-mongering, this bullying, that if you don't adhere to this path that those in power say is the right one, then you are at risk of losing your job. You are at risk of losing family or friends or being unpopular or losing likes on social media. This, this requires us to ask the question of ourselves. Uh, who are we trying to please? And this is something for me at, at a really young age, I, I recognize that life is short, uh, death can come at any time and I was happiest and am happiest when trying to live my life to be pleasing to God, to my best friend. And so as I've gone through my life and especially in politics, the media it's coming at you with attacks, political opponents, social media, I have always found that peace and that strength uh, in going with it and knowing You've that been great, Tulsi. God you ain't has afraid unconditional love for all of us.
0: Well, you know, I totally agree. I totally, I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, it's really getting bad nowadays. And uh, like I said, uh, they've come after to cancel culture. culture is trying to cancel old flash out, but flash is still here and flash will be here next week and next year. And way after that, uh, you know, uh, it's a sad state of affairs when anyone can go back and pick something that you tweeted about 10 or 15 years ago and try to use it against people now and cause them to lose their jobs. And, you know, there's folks that do that. Uh, that's not what happened to me, but uh, I've had folks try to go back and find incidents that happened in my life 30 or 40 years ago and try to use them against me. And, you know, they uh, didn't get nowhere with it. Uh, they uh, actually angered me a little bit by it, but I understand the way people try to cancel anybody now when they don't agree with them, and uh, I'm going to keep, uh in my, on my podcast, I'm going to keep putting my point of view out there, and uh, I'm not worried about the cancel culture. Uh, if you want to try to cancel me, come on and cancel me, but you're not going to get it done. I'm still here, and I'm... Uh, just wanted to throw that word out to everybody. Uh, keep the faith up and uh, keep on keeping on just like Joe Dirt. And uh, We've got another clip here that I think y'all will enjoy. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about it a little bit after this, too. Uh, uh, you guys grab that favorite beverage and enjoy it, because I know Old Flash is going to. Everyone knows that. Get ready. It's coming right at you now. You guys uh Enjoy this episode
4: here. Cancel culture claiming a new victim. Teen Vogue editor-in-chief Alexi McCammon forced out just days before even starting her new job. After staffers revolted over derogatory tweets she wrote 10 years ago when she was a teenager, McCammon apologized for them in 2019 and then again when this scandal surfaced. Her old colleague at Axios, Jonathan Swan, saying things are getting out of hand.
5: I was just really sad to see this happen. I've I've worked with her for four years.
6: She doesn't have a racist bone in her body. If we can't, as an industry, accept somebody's sincere and repeated apologies for something they tweeted when they were 17 years old, I mean, what are we doing?
4: Kayleigh, Kaylee, I want to go to you first on this. Uh, To be clear, these were some of them tweets that she sent when she was 17. Does this just go too far? Oh, absolutely, Sandra. I mean, I think there's no denying we are in the craziest period culturally. I mean, think of what happened on The Bachelor. You know, you had a girl named Rachel who was canceled after giving a sincere and heartfelt apology. Then you go and you have Chris Harrison who's canceled for giving a comment about someone else who was canceled and saying, let's show grace. And he hit the nail on the head. He then apologized for that, by the way, but he hit the nail on the head by using the word grace. We have to give people an opportunity to have ridiculousness redemption she did something dumb when she was 17 said something dumb she apologized but if an apology is not enough what is enough i'd ask the gods of cancel culture if you can't apologize and be be forgiven what do they need to do what are the next steps is a public flogging i mean what what are we going to do she apologized move on let her have a job and a life that's a good question jesse
1: i support public floggings (laughs) i could name several people i'd like to flog right now um, I do feel bad for her because i 'm a very compassionate person she 's lost her job, her boyfriend's lost her job. I would give her a job if she would work for me, but she probably hates me and would never work. <laughs> for me at all. So that's fine. But it does seem like the left are starting to eat their own and that usually signals the end mm. of something like this. I have a feeling cancel culture might be winding down <laughs> in cultural revolutions. That usually indicates that time is running out. It does seem to me that We only can cancel people because of the internet. Before the internet, you couldn't dig into someone's past and say, ah, in 96 you said that, because there was no internet. Now I think people are realizing that maybe it's not such a good idea to write down every thought that goes through your head on the internet so Fair everyone enough. can see it. You're just giving all these internet assassins more stuff to shoot at. So maybe the the novelty of writing down every joke you think might be funny when you're 17 not a good way to live life.
4: It's a good, it's a good lesson. <laughs> uh, continued lessons learned, right? One, it wasn't just the staffers that were going after her, by the way. It was the advertisers that then started going after right. Teen Vogue in the wake of this controversy. Uh, Ulta Beauty, Burt's Bees, major advertisers with Teen Vogue. They suspended their campaigns with the publication. So there was a lot of money on the line, too, here.
7: That's exactly right. So I think you have to put that in context. It was and for them it was like a business decision. But the uh you know I mean to me I I really do believe in forgiveness and I I think that you think about this as a juvenile. You know and juveniles make mistakes. We all. I I just think everybody who's you know 16 17 you do crazy stuff. Yeah. But if it, like, even if it's a criminal act, Sandra, in the courts, they give you a separate set of rules with more grace because it's tried as a you're tried as a juvenile, and so here I think in this situation. So you don't think she should have been canceled? Are we good, guys? No, I don't think she should have been
0: canceled. Uh, that's my opinion on it. Uh, I don't know about you guys.
7: Well, I think the business decision is separate from all mm. this talk about cancel culture. I think, you know, Ultra Beauty and Burt's Bee, and those are million-dollar deals for Condé Nast. And what the head of Condé Nast said in a statement was that not only was the staff upset, but he said the readers of mm. their magazines uh, took offense at this, and they, they were feeling blowback from not only the advertisers but the readers and the yeah. staff. That's a lot. And so I think they had to make a decision. But I do think that, you know, a moment of grace for someone who was so young. I just hope this is a difficult memory as she rises to much higher things in life.
4: Because she was pretty accomplished. She had already done a lot that led up to her getting this position. Greg, Greg, did you ever send any questionable tweets when you were 17 years old?
5: Try 37, 47. (laughs) All right, before I get on my rant, because I'm going to get on a rant, Uh can we just say what an awful brand Teen Vogue is. It's not really for teens, and it has nothing to do with Vogue. How do the editors editors at Vogue cope with the fact that Teen Vogue is basically Marxist agitprop? If you actually read it, it's child abuse. Imagine like teen popular mechanics just covering gardening, just totally not even covering what they're they're called, or teen good housekeeping. We're just going to do gender issues. That's what they've hijacked. (laughs) They actually hijacked it, and nobody talks about it. Okay, we predicted this would happen. It was okay. Remember how okay it was when it was only white people getting canceled? But mm. now you have a young, black, talented woman getting canceled. Is this practice still worth it? Is it still worth it if you could take down ten other white people, but you have to sacrifice one young, black woman who, may, who probably doesn't deserve it? So this gets to my big question, and I'm so disappointed, Juan, and you, because we, because where are the mentors, right? Mm. Where are the men Like, Joy Reid, was nearly fired for uh, blatant, bigoted, homophobic blog post that she initially denied. She wasn't fired. She was protected by her network, possibly because they needed a, quote, patina of diversity, her phrase. But given her experience and her success, shouldn't she have the guts to demand Condi Nast stick to their guns and fire their damn news staff because they can and protect this young mm. woman who has done did only did something wrong with her. What about Don Lemon? Don mm. Lemon has a voice he's successful he's black why doesn't he come to the aid where are where are the mentors of color who are defending these people? Lastly, I said this before, the Achilles heel are corporations. Mm-hmm. They are, are cowards. The actual mob is very, very tiny. But the what the mob has is that they're immovable. And that scares people. Ten people can feel like a hundred. And so you say, oh, my God, the advertisers are
0: scared. They're scared of nothing and everything. So- well, you know, that's pretty bad. Uh- I'm going to end that one right there. Uh, when the woke mob now can come for anybody because that's something that they've uh, posted or said twenty, fifteen, ten 10 years ago when they was a teenager. You know, everyone makes mistakes when they're young. Uh, Flash is no ex- exception to that. And, uh, you know, uh, it's really offensive when they do that. Uh, they wouldn't like it switched back on them. Uh I know everyone out there agrees with me, and uh you know uh um, we've got a lot of questions here that's uh come into my podcast that I need to go over but uh I think this needs to be said this week uh I'm in no danger of getting cancelled uh my show's gonna keep on rolling uh but uh you know uh today uh the way the the woke mob is. The, the cancel culture people, is uh, they feel emboldened now, and uh, they're going after everyone, and they're going to try to take down all the their opposition, you know, and uh old flash that had that happen to him uh, a year a while back. Uh, my profession, uh, uh, guys didn't like it because of uh, the political candidate that I supported and uh, I donated money to. Uh, It wasn't the way their cause was that they've always supported for probably, uh, I'd say, almost a hundred years. So, you know, uh, anyone's political affiliation is their own business, and uh, anyone's opinion is their own business. I don't ever condemn anybody because of their opinion, try to bully them, or try to cancel them out. So, that's the way everyone in this country should be, Uh, that's the way it's meant to be, and... uh, our flash is always going to come out on top, and uh, that's the way that is. Now, you guys, grab another beverage, here, co- uh, your favorite beverage. Here comes another one right at you.
6: In time of seek and destroy, they're trying to find people and ruin them. It's not good faith conversation happening on Twitter. It's how can I ruin your life with something that you're saying today by misconstruing it or taking it out of context. <laughs> Stay off social media. Stay off of it. You know, I, really. <laughs> Have a news feed on Twitter. Have a news feed on Facebook. Check Instagram. Don't post anything for the rest of your life. Social media ruins your life. I don't just mean this in terms of you post something and then ten years later people come after you with something that you posted, which is the current sport. The virtue signaling by which people go back into the past, grab something, then use it as a club against you. It doesn't matter that you're high schoolers, by the way. They'll do it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it really has no relevance what age you are. As long as you're an enemy, they will do whatever they can to ruin you. It's not just that. It's also that social media contributes to uh, a really ugly sense of self-aggrandizement. You think people are thinking about you all the time because you're in conversations with them all the time. It's particularly true of Twitter. Uh, I have very close friends who I think were very negatively affected by their overuse of social media. Don't fall into that trap. It's something I'm this, I'm speaking as basically an AA member about social media here. <laughs> I'm, I'm gradually attempting to wean myself from it, and I'm in withdrawal now, and it's very difficult, and relapses are frequent. But there will come a point at which I have discovered, I think, the best way to use social media. But if you can avoid it, don't get sucked into the maw that is social media, particularly too early before you have fully formed thoughts because it's a really ugly environment out there right now. It's an argument of seek, it's it's, it's in time of seek and destroy. They're trying to find people and ruin them. It's not good faith conversation happening on Twitter. It's how can I ruin your life with something that you're saying today by misconstruing it or taking it out of context. That's how things work. So if you can avoid that, avoid it. A fourth tip, and this is hard given what I've just said. You need to stay open-minded to people who disagree with you so long as they are open-minded with you. And this is very difficult, because sometimes you can't tell whether somebody is open-minded until you're way along in the conversation. Sometimes they act like they're open-minded and want to have a discussion, and then you realize two-thirds of the way in that this person is actually a militant activist who hates your guts and considers you a lesser human being. Still, as a good person, you should constantly, as I say, be turning over your own ideas and evaluating your own character and taking criticism seriously. At the same time there has to be a quick protection mechanism. And that is when you realize that something is a bad faith criticism. When you realize that people are saying things to you just to be ugly or hurtful or to attack your character, the curtain has to come down immediately. It has to descend immediately, and that's the end of the conversation, and that's the end of the communication. These are, this is probably good life advice in personal relationships as well, by the way. Surround yourself with people who are going to give you honest advice, but not people who find revelry in tearing you down or making you feel bad about yourself.
0: I agree with that one, uh, that's good advice. Uh, you know, it's not only their your jobs that they'll try to come after, it's your relationships. Uh, they've uh, recently come after a very important relationship that I had that they have practically destroyed. So, you know, that's not funny, uh, it's not good. And, uh, you know, uh, if they can come after it, uh, the people they are now, they can come after anybody. They can, They'll come after you next. You know, uh, uh, I watched a clip of uh, Obama. They're coming after Obama now. You know, the leftists are coming after Obama. Uh, It's ridiculous, you know. Uh, Hope you guys don't uh, experience any of that, but, you know, it's possible. uh, I believe in the very near future, things are going to flip back around and things are going to turn back around, so... Then uh, when it all turns back around, then what are they going to do? That's what I say about that. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast tonight. We're going to cut it short. Uh, We've got a Facebook Live that we're going to do for a few minutes to talk about our podcast, and uh, we're going to try to get some guests on. Uh, I just threw this one together at the last minute. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research on it because it was kind of like a personal issue to me, and I really didn't have to do no research on it because it was so personal. Uh, Y'all keep those letters coming in, keep those emails, and all those direct messages coming in to me, and we're going to keep those T-shirts coming out to you guys, and uh, we're trying to get us a little app store going, and uh, we're going to have some caps and some coffee cups and some other things with our logo on it to adventures of flash and uh thank you guys for tuning in and tune right back in and next week's will be on sunday night this is a kind of a special episode because you know this is a religious weekend and uh, all i can say is uh thank god and uh, i'm blessed to be alive today and uh talking and speaking with y'all and uh, i give all praise to jesus christ thank you lord And I'm going to say what I always do. You guys keep on keeping on and tune back in next week. Love you guys. Bye.